Hello there, and welcome to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast, where we'll have a little fun, lots of laughs, and discussions on the common sense that needs to be applied to a lot of today's world news issues. And now, the disclaimer. Stay Off My Lawn is not intended as legal, medical, or financial advice. Void where prohibited, no purchase necessary to win. Open to legal U.S. residents 18 or over in the contiguous 48 states. Any resemblance to anyone living or deceased is purely coincidental. Actual price may vary. Only use as directed. Not a member of FDIC. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Richard. Okay, welcome to this week's edition of Stay Off My Lawn. I want to remind you again that we are connected uh, on the internet now. We actually have a website. It is uh, stayoffmylawn.us. And uh, you can email us at soml at duck.com. We have a voicemail message. We have a voicemail number, uh, a a phone number. That's what the old people call it. But... um, (laughs) You'll get there eventually. Just keep talking. You'll get it out. I need to write this down. <laughs> it's, I say it too too fast, so uh, Richard gets mad at me. But it's 770-727-6443. Uh, and um, we, uh, you know what? I, I want to actually ask one thing that we don't normally ask of. If you are an iTunes subscriber or uh, Amazon, or if you listen on Amazon or Audible or whatever that, however that platform works, uh, they have a, a place where you can leave a five-star review. Please do that. And, and you know, and please mention how voluptuous and, and uh, volumin- voluminous that Richard's mustache is, and you will get a shout out on the show because <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we all appreciate that mustache. I voluptuous, I can... Uh... <laughs> voluminous, I think that's the word I'm trying to... It's the word of the day, voluminous. Um, but <laughs> leave us a five-star review. We actually did get a voicemail this week or a, a recording from someone... <laughs> And supposedly in St. Louis, Missouri, it almost seemed like a joke, but, uh, but you know, uh, Earl, if you're out there, we appreciate you, man. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. How you been, Richard? Well, the time change, I, the fall back never bothers me, but the spring forward, I have no idea why this year, Sunday, I was just, I might as well have been drooling in my chair. I wasn't much more productive <laughs> than that on Sunday. Today, I heard a good piece of news first thing this morning. Did you know that today is 3.14? Do you know what that is? Oh, it's Pi Day. Pi Day. Yeah. A lot of specials out there, folks. I've heard of different restaurants. Uh, Sherry sometimes will have a really good uh, special on pies for those that that are in the area where they're located. Uh, uh, So look around. I mean, it's, it's pie day. Some people prefer to have a pizza pie. Whatever. <laughs> it's still a pie. You know, a round object cut into triangles, put in a square box. There you go. <laughs> All the stuff you need to know. Yeah. You don't have to be a, a, a math scholar to understand why we do all that. But yeah, what, 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 you know, um, uh, my wife just bought a, a little mini key lime pie for us the other day. And it's like, now That's that, now wife's- I love key lime pie. And and, uh, well, I I will be honest, I lived up north for about uh, five years and their version of key lime pie is, uh, at least where I lived, it was terrible. I mean, it was like, it was, um, it was green and it didn't taste like key lime at all. It was lime. It wasn't, (laughs) key lime pie should be yellow. And I I even talked to the the, the girl about it and she goes, yellow, limes are not yellow. I said, you, don't, you just don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, it, uh, it, it, it's a big Southern thing. I'm really kind of surprised that, that uh, your wife likes it, but that's, that's awesome. Well, the reason she does is 
uh, her uh, father was stationed out in Key West because it was Air Force when she was a kid. And so when you have key lime pie in the keys, it's a key lime pie. Absolutely. It should make you, it should make you eyes water a little bit. (laughs) The tartness. When you're done, when you're done eating one, you just boy, that is the best pie because you can't <laughs> unpack her. So sour. Well, we're out of control already. <laughs> wow, we got a kilter in a hurry today. Mm, oh, must be this boy. I'm finally awake. <laughs> the coffee has kicked in, folks. <laughs> Richard is here. Oh. <laughs> you're in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, if you haven't had key lime pie this week, I mean, today's the day. Um, but I, I, yeah, you got to have a lot of uh, a lot of whipped cream on it for me. I, I, I think that the whipped cream to me just adds just to it. You get the cheap stuff from Kroger or whatever. You put a lot on there. You soak it down with, with, with you know, I'm just, I put it on our pudding cups. So I put, I put whipped cream on everything. <laughs> Lord, yeah, the wife likes. I could care less about whipped cream. It's like, man, yeah, yeah. You well, you don't want to buy the Cool Whip. It's got the oil and stuff in it. You buy the stuff that's in the can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, no, yeah, like the real. Yeah. It's called. It's got the real seal on it. Yeah, for there. whatever. Real, real. Okay, what is real anyway? <laughs> let's get into uh, <laughs> the Now that we've had fun, let's get into yeah. the. <laughs> the, the we we have actually two elephants in the room this week that we have to address, <laughs> and it's not Richard and I this time. Um, well, I've been trying, but my girlish figure's gone. <laughs> I still have the same belt. I just have a lot of different holes, and it. it goes down to the. Um, <laughs> the big news this past week was the January sixth videos that were sent to Tucker Carlson by our new uh, our new Speaker of the House, um, and you, you know obviously you're living under a rock if you haven't seen or heard about the uh, the whole uproar it's caused. Um, uh, you know, I, w- I was going to say they, they've uh, the the response from people like Chuck Schumer and, and you know there's an old saying. <laughs> I'd really hate to say this because Peter's going to get mad at me. But if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that makes all the noise is the one that got hit. And um, so it, he made a little bit of noise this week. He he, um, <laughs> he made a little bit of noise this week. Um, so anyway, here's uh, clip one is two speeches from Mr. Schumer that got put together from last Tuesday. So let's go to clip one. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, Tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such a program, but because our democracy depends on it. Oh, it's a threat to the de- democracy. We've heard that a few times now, haven't we? It always is. And 
To me, that sounded like, everybody's going to know. It's like, what the hell? And Mitch McConnell is no better. No. You need to regulate this. You need to stop this freedom of speech. It's like, hey, we know which side you guys are on. Yeah, yeah. They're all in bed together. It doesn't, you know, there's a, there's a handful that are, uh, that are kind of encouraging in, in, uh, in the House of Representatives right now. But from, for the most part, Senate is gone. There, there was no manipulation. There was no editing. There was no, this is what it was. Here you go. You can decide for yourself. I don't see anything that's happening here. Why? How did? And it's if a prosecutor would have done to the people of the January 6th who are still in prison and need to be let out because they've been charged with nothing. That is not how we do things in this country. That is in a communist country and they should not be there. If you want to charge them, fine, charge them. But they should not be in solitary confinement in the crap that they're doing. That's that's what they do in Venezuela, what they do in Russia. That's like, no, that's wrong. But uh, if a prosecutor would have done what Pelosi and her group did with that with that uh, kangaroo court, as they call it, yeah. it was all nothing but completely edited and uh, things were taken out that, oh, we don't want you to see that part, just this part. Well, uh you know, one guy who's in uh, the, the what is his name, the shaman guy. Oh, the QAnon uh, shaman. Shaman guy. Um, his lawyer went, I'm going to ask for a retrial because I was not allowed to see any of this information. And this is all, that's going to make a big difference. That It's just wrong that you are getting people prosecuted on a false premise. That, it just irritates me. Oh, even and the, the uh, go ahead in the crowd that we're not even part of. They have faces and they know who the person is trying to instigate stuff is not a Republican, is not a MAGA individual. It's somebody from the other side. Yeah, And I don't know names. I can't remember them. But, I, I can't uh, remember either, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's there's audio of him saying, we should charge the, the, the Capitol. And it's like... <laughs> And he, of course, he's never been charged with anything because he was an inside guy, seemingly. Um, even the uh, the chairman of the January 6th committee, Benny Thompson, said that he had not seen these videos before. Um, and, and, you know, it makes you wonder if he was actually in charge of the January 6th committee, why didn't he see it? And the answer is pretty obvious. And you alluded to this is that it was packaged and presented by a former ABC executive, James Goldston. Um, and. So, but it's it's funny. I found this um, from uh, NPR from when all this January sixth thing started. Did, did you did you see that? Uh, no, I, I don't watch or listen or hear any. NPR is they're taking our tax dollars yeah. and um, bemoaning the uh, uh, our American way, and it's like, what the hell? Wait a minute, aren't we paying you? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes they uh, they say things that almost kind of gives you a peek into the way they think. Um, they, they were quoted as saying, I found this on the NPR website, so I'm not making this up. Um, what we're going to see, what they said was, uh, what we're going to see unfold is what was supposed to be a kind of television spectacle, is what it said. Um, you'll have two witnesses, a guard, and a documentary filmmaker there that day. Um, 
and we're supposed to see a narrative being presented with something of a narrative storytelling arc. Think of 2020 or Dateline NBC with not just moments, but a story that has a dramatic tension building up with revelations along the way using footage, using real documents, using apparently previously undisclosed White House official photographs from that day to piece together a narrative, there's another key word again, uh, of what the chairman said he believes was an attempt to essentially thwart democracy. They, they, they don't know what thwarting democracy no. is. Did they not see the actual insurrection in Sri Lanka when the people <laughs> got tired of starving because they took away fertilizers and all that? They went to their uh, White House area, if you will, and yeah. that's an insurrection. It was covered in people, hundreds and thousands of them. Well, I think in in Brazil they they had similar uh, similar things too. Yeah, because that that election was just an absolute joke of a sham yeah. as well. It sure was, sure was. So, I mean, we can only assume since Mr. Thompson said he's never seen some of this footage uh, that was played on Tucker Carlson's show anyway. That the cherry picking on both sides it started a long time ago because they already had an idea of what they wanted it to look like, uh, and, and they really thought it was going to be. Uh, hugely popular, and and I don't, I didn't hardly know anybody that watched the, the January sixth committee hearings. You know, once they they kicked out a couple of, I can't remember the, who the Republicans were that were supposed to be on that committee, but they threw them out. Nancy Pelosi threw them out, and and who? Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. That's right. Yeah, they they went no, nah, no, we don't want him. He's too honest, and no. So they, we need to have a couple more rhinos. Uh, you, Liz, and Adam, yeah. Adam Kin- Kinzinger, yeah, the crier. <laughs> um, anyway, it's uh, voted out. So he did. Not- he did. Both of them did. Yep, the rhinos are getting voted out rather quickly. And and that's that's we were talking off the air, and, and you know there is some things happening in the House of Representatives anyway that are uh, that are kind of encouraging. There are some, you know, obviously Jim Jordan is. To me, he's a superstar. Um, but you know, you you do have a lot of people that that are are just want the truth, just want honesty. Um, Josh Hawley, I, I yes. appreciate. Well, another there, and there's several more that I can't think of their names off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah those are ones that just like no. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it, yeah, the Senate has has some uh, some rising stars too. We need to get rid of Schumer. We need to get rid of some of those. Run. It, it, the 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 whole Senate just kind of gets on my nerves. We didn't win as many seats in the Senate as I thought we would, but um, you know it's slow slow process, I guess. Um, but well, yeah. you want to see what's coming down the pike, folks. It's not pleasant. Yeah, uh, you know uh, Tucker Carlson admitted there were some bad actors that engaged in criminal activity. We're not saying that was it was uh, you know it was all above board. There were, there were I, I saw some people breaking glass, and and there's no doubt. You know if you watch. A lot of the footage from the uh, from either his show show or what the January sixth committee had, uh, police showing people around the the QAnon shaman, like you were saying earlier, they they were like almost being a tour guide for him, uh, walking. And he thanked them, and they had mm-hmm. a prayer in the house, and all that. And there was uh, there. I mean, if it would have been an insurrection, the place would have been destroyed. And they broke a few windows, and that's pretty much it. Pretty much, pretty much, and and you know, and then they had that other narrative. They said that uh, Capitol Police people died on that day, and that that was not true whatsoever. Um, but it all just kind of added to this this political narrative that they had, and and uh, uh, I you know I don't know I I don't have any 
I don't have any patience for context or leave, you know, to do whatever the political parties do to eliminate total context. I think the American people, we've just been shammed on so many different fronts, especially the last two or three years and pro- possibly the last 50 or 60 years, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, the constant lies after a while get real old where it's like this and they say, no, this is what, I mean, I see stuff and, and, uh, and I, get very little of my news, if any, from, from Fox on other things. And then you go, I, I try to look at the other side. I've told you that before. And I look at him and go, what the hell? I saw actual footage. That has nothing to do with what was going on. I mean, it's so made up. It's like, what? Uh, it's just constant and it just gets old. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, there, there's one one more thing real quick from May of 2020. If you remember that uh, the uh, the White House was uh, attacked because of, uh, of, of something that uh, I, I, something Trump said or did the orange man bad one way or the other. But uh, there was a um, more than 60 U.S. Secret Service uniform division officers and special agents were injured. Uh, I think this was May 30th or May 29th. Um, Friday night through Sunday morning uh, in May of 2020, uh, near the White House as protests rocked Washington. Oh, I know what it was. It was over um, uh, George Floyd. Um, so they this was all following the death of George Flo- Floyd. There were 60 uniformed officers that were injured. They were throwing bricks and rocks and bottles and fireworks and all kinds of stuff. And But, you know, th- there was no big committee on that. <laughs> because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the right political maneuver. It wasn't, it wasn't their side. So anyway. I, yeah. I'll for someone that had a rap sheet longer than my arm. Yep. Yep. It's all about, it, it, it's just, everything is politics anymore. So on that positive note, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other elephant in the room. Uh, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about a few things here, but, uh, <laughs> Well, actually, I think the uh, the bank thing will be coming up in a little while. Um, but next, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the COVID-19 hearings that went on this past week. So uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. It's all about common sense and fun. We'll be right back. The state of senior hunger is a sad one. According to Feeding America, because of this poor economy, seniors are experiencing food insecurity. They lack access to enough food to support a healthy lifestyle. This means seniors are at risk of not getting enough to eat. Many more are making tough choices between the nutrition they need and basic essentials, including prescriptions, paying for medical, rent, and utility bills. Hunger increases the risk of numerous health problems, such as asthma, depression, and congestive heart failure. So please, check into your state or local food bank and volunteer to help or donate food today. Help those who are the most vulnerable among us. We're back, and uh, as promised, we're going to talk more about COVID. Ooh, I, you know, we talk about COVID a lot, but, you know, as things unfold, we're going to keep bringing it up. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a, a scab we keep picking, but uh, <laughs> and I guess that's... Yeah, I'm getting close to being covid out. <laughs> I am too, but I think that if we just kind of let all this slide, we're going to set ourselves up for 
for more in the future. So I think that the more we can remind people of all the sham that, that went on during COVID, um, you know, the better. We, we have to be prepared. Um, th- this past week, a House Oversight Committee hearing on the origin of COVID-19 featuring testimony of former director of the CDC, Robert Redfield, uh, focused on a possible leak in Wuhan, China. And that's uh, clip two, please. Possible leak? A possible leak. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the Nat- National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, finds out that they have a financial relationship with the Wuhan Institute of Virology through EcoHealth Alliance and that they've been working with novel coronaviruses. January 31st, 2020, Dr. Fauci is warned by Dr. Christian Anderson that some of COVID-19's features potentially look engineered. We had to really uh, seriously go after the fact it came from the lab and they knew that that was how I was thinking, although I thought we had to go after both hypotheses. And I was told later, uh, I didn't know I was excluded. I didn't know there was a February 1st conference call until the Freedom of Information came out with the emails. And I was quite upset as the CDC director that I was excluded from those discussions. Why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative which I will argue is antithetical to science. Mm-mm-mm. Antithetical to science. The whole thing was. <laughs> Big words today for us. <laughs> I, I'm still looking it up. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, he's uh, pretty much said that, uh, yeah, when you exclude the CDC director, because that's not the narrative we want, we don't want honesty, this is how we're going to play this. And Fauci went down swinging right to the end. Uh, he would get after uh, Paul Ryan, just would rake him over the coals. And and old Fauci just would say, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, He's a doctor, so I'm thinking he kind of does. Just saying. But Fauci just, he had nothing but just trying oh, you to mean, get after You mean Rand Paul? Rand Paul. Yeah, what, yeah. Who did I say? You said Paul Ryan. It's like Paul, oh, Rand, Paul Rand, Ryan Rand. doesn't have the berries to do anything like that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Wow. Thanks for correcting me because that was bad. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, it was just fun to, funny to watch because, uh, yeah, Rand did not, uh, did not cut him an inch of slack. And, uh, this is more stuff that shows they were just playing the American people and uh, you're going to hear what we want you to hear because we have the media on our side. And that's, you're right. If you have a complicit media, then you can say anything you want. Yep. It really doesn't seem to matter. Um, and they put it out there as truth and they knew different, but mm-hmm. they were told this is how you going to play this. This is what you're going to say. And I think the the person asking the questions had exactly the point is that you follow the money. There was money involved and, you know, there was funding involved and it would have made other people complicit that would have, you know, had, had, we would have had egg on our face or whatever. And there was money. So, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, you, you'd exclude sort of like Dr. Robert Malone when they were, when he criticized uh, using the mRNA type uh, delivery system in the vaccine, he he was one of the um, developers of the mRNA vaccine, and they uh, they canceled him on social media. They actually deleted the interview that Joe Rogan did with him on uh, oh. off of you. Yeah, they deleted that whole interview. Wow. Yeah, you get off of YouTube and off of. Um, God, that's just Spotify. insane. 
this is the man who helped invent it. And uh, what? You don't want people knowing the truth? He knows what he's talking about. They, they deleted his name off the Wikipedia page about mRNA. <laughs> That's oh. as deep as that got. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, and, and so it wasn't just enough to label people as, uh, you know, uh, purveyors of misinformation. They, they just, if you didn't tow whatever the, the government line was, the company line, whatever, you know, it's like you, you were just deleted. You were done. Um, so anyway, speaking of COVID though, we have more COVID news. Woo-hoo! Um, <laughs> there were some uh, leaked WhatsApp messages from the, uh, I don't know whether he's former or he still is, UK Health Minister Matt Hancock. Uh, in there now, but I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't look it up. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea either way, but I was only told about this uh, just recently. About what they're doing, so oh, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> uh, I can't do it as well. <laughs> I'll sound Australian if I do that. What are you? You're from New Zealand? What's wrong with you? Um, um, anyway, okay, UK minister. Yeah. Uh, oh, you've got news on that. I yeah. Don't yeah, I don't think I have a clip on that, but there was 100,000 messages uh, from between 2020 and 2021 that was uh, revealed. And the <laughs> he gave, uh, supposedly this Matt Hancock guy was, uh, was wa- wanting a reporter to write a book about his, uh, the whole COVID thing and how he handled it in Great Britain and how wonderful it was. Well, anyway, in the, in that phone, uh, there was a WhatsApp messaging app and they found all these messages between him and this... <laughs> This one was, um, let me see if I still have all that stuff. Um, let me pull it up. Oh my gosh, I'm ill prepared. I saw a little bit about this UK health minister and the and the WhatsApp that's supposed to be uber secure and all that, but it's because he wanted to pump things up and make himself look just absolutely wonderful. All this stuff, like you're saying, came out and it's yeah. like, it's holy. He was, he was talking to Damon Poole, one of his uh, media uh, people. And uh, he, he starts out with this messages that got uh, released, says, we'll frighten the pants off of everyone with a new strain. But the complication with the Brexit is taking top line. And Damon Poole comes back and says, yep, that's uh, what will get the proper behavior change. As, and then Matt Hancock comes back and says, when do we deploy the new variant? <laughs> Just like, and Damon Poole came back and says, I've been thinking more about this, and I think we need to be more cautious the strain, about the strain that is. Uh, think, um, think you made your point earlier that we need to keep schools off paperwork agenda. Um, so it, it's... Um, <laughs> It's really, it's really telling, and and how they were releasing a um, a, a new strain. I mean, it, that's just kind of weird. Um, the, yeah, it, you know, all, all these conspiracy theories. Hmm. Check off another one. I think we're up to like twenty-two to nothing now. <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> At a minimum, anyway, it, it's just ridiculous. How, oh, this stuff was all. Yes, it was a pandemic. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that it's a pandemic, I don't know what does. If this has happened in the UK, you know it was happening all around the world. You know it was happening here. And you can probably trace things back to the lovely World Economic Forum crap. And the WHO. Yeah, for sure. WHO is, uh, we got out of it. And as soon as they uh, 
Trump was out of office, uh, they jump right back in because, and I don't think he got away with it, but he was talking about signing over our sovereignty to WHO for any further um, pandemics that might come through that they would run things. No, we're a sovereign country. You ain't signing our sovereignty over to anybody, pal. Well, you know, uh, Trump kind of, when he gave the keys to to Fauci and, and to the economy, he, he gave those keys to Fauci. That's That was his fault. I, I, I totally hold his feet to the fire on that because... Well, he's an expert, so... Yeah. Well, it, you know, he did, he was asked about that at one point, says, you know, why don't you just fire Fauci? And this is towards the end. Uh, but he says, well, you know, if I do that, the left will be in, in a total uproar. It's like... Who cares? They're, they're in an uproar all the time anyway. And, and do you think that if the roles were switched, do you think that they would they would hold back? Ah, oh, the, the right wing people would be all upset. They don't care. They obviously don't care. I don't know. There, there is one last little exchange here on the, the text messages and the, uh, the thing I saw. Damon Poole came back and says, the big risk with the variant is right wing papers, papers will go for a renewed push for let it rip on the basis uh, the vaccine strategy is undermined. And Matt Hancock comes back and says, that's why we we reassure on the vaccine. So this was all about, I still think that if you, if you look at Pfizer, is a lot of this is, comes down to money. There was there was a lot of money to be exchanged. A lot of money, yep. Totally 100% agree. And they're saying, what deaths? No, I never caused any death. Why is there so many athletes just... I mean, we, as a nation, saw it happen in front of us on live TV. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And won't let him talk about it. No. Mm. He, well, he wants to talk. I, yeah. I think he probably wants to, but yeah, he's he's not yeah. not going to say anything. Not at this point in time. Uh, okay. What are we headed now? We're going to talk. <laughs> Boy, we're conspiracy theory happy today, we, aren't we, we? We are. We are. But you know what? I mean, anytime anybody says anything about conspiracy theory, whoo. I'm I'm kind of I'm in. <laughs> so what, uh, are we gonna do something about the 15 minute cities? Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll, we'll at least we'll get a start on the 15 minute cities before the the break. Okay. <laughs> so, um, now but, a lot of people have no idea what a 15 minute city is. They they just I mean I went. What do you I mean? I didn't either. Yeah. In theory, I guess it sounds good. Now, if you go back and look at New York in the old days, you had Little Italy, and I'll bet it was within 15 minutes, your buddies and and the restaurants and the grocers and everything was you walked to go get your stuff. It was all right there, just the way that it was back in the day. Uh, But now, eh, there is some issues. This is about a minute 30 of, uh, it's from ITD News, and he's a British man, and he's going to tell you all about it. Uh, here we go. What is a 15-minute city, and why are conspiracy theorists jumping on it? You may have seen this, a vision of what the future of the world's big cities might look like, but some on TikTok aren't happy. You won't be able to do that. Spoiler, they've got nothing to worry about. 15-minute cities are basically where bigger cities are divided up into smaller sections or neighbourhoods. This man came up with the idea. It means everything people need, like shops, gyms and bars, are all within a 15-minute walk or cycle. With town planners making places better to live in, they'll reduce carbon emissions with fewer people needing to use their cars, in turn, improving people's health. Parts of London, as well as Paris and Cleveland in the US, are looking at adopting them while Melbourne and Copenhagen have both started something similar. 
but conspiracy theorists are saying this is a government's plot to put us all back into lockdown. That's not true. Oxfordshire County Council recently received abuse for their plan and had to issue this statement after some, including Katie Hopkins, said things like this. You will only have 15 minutes of freedom. This is real. We know that's not the case. There are some legitimate criticisms, though, about whether getting rid of cars would really work and whether people might mix less with those living elsewhere. But if it's better for the planet and makes life more convenient, could people get on board with a 15-minute city? Getting rid of cars. Yeah, and it's better for the planet. As soon as I hear it's better for the planet, blow that in your ear. And then I've done a little more research on it. And guess who's involved with this? The World Economic Forum. If their peaks involved in it, oh, hell no. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the idea was first coined by this guy that you just heard as a Colombian-born Parisian professor, Carlos Moreno. He, uh, he did previously serve as a member of the revolutionary socialist M19 guerrilla group. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that kind of gives you a little bit of background on him. Uh, <laughs> it's sim- since been championed by socialist mayor of Paris, Annie Hidalgo, as well as globalist organizations such as Klaus Schwab and the WAEF. Ooh, I think that uh, conspiracy theory. I'm just, I love it. Um, uh, yeah. Start tracing this stuff back, and it's like, don't worry about it. It'll be all great. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know. You can tell me, ah, oh, it's just conspiracy. When they start saying that, it's like, yeah, don't listen to them because, yeah, that's the truth. But we don't want you to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, it, that's what they label everything. Everybody who disagrees with anything, you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, <laughs> protesters in Oxford, England, were, were talking about this. They're, they're, they're saying that the well, I've seen a lot of interviews with people on the street and they're really upset because that's kind of their test market over there. Uh, they're, they're seeing the writing on the wall for future lockdowns, government control, all in the guise of saving the planet. Like you said, when everybody says something about saving the planet, your, your hair should go up on the back of your neck. The red flags go up. Everything goes up. Um, the nail in the coffin for some of these ideas is the, the, uh, the amount of the mainstream media that's labeling, labeling people that are saying these things as paranoid uh, or conspiracy theories. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, second one, half dozen, other, whatever. Uh, they, they love to put us down anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's been in the... In, uh, communist country where they've done some of this is the wherever he was from with the stuff that at any rate it's you live in this 15 minute city area you want to go over to this 15 minute city area where your friend is you have to file papers to say can i go there you can't just walk straight across oh no and if your papers get checked while you're over there you're going to be asked why are you here this isn't where you belong right so Mm -hmm. and don't tell me and then they've got checkpoints where you can't just walk across you have to go up into where a checkpoint is across over into a new checkpoint into the other 15 minute city that's close to where you are so that you everything is done according to Hoyle you've been checked yes you're good okay you can what the hell no might might be easier going over checkpoint Charlie 25 (laughs) years ago (laughs) kidding it's like, you know, it would have been, I would have been probably <laughs> put down because we, <laughs> and I mentioned it before, uh, drove our car across the U.S. in August of 2020 because we 
bought it from our, our kids that are on the East Coast. And we drove all the way across the United States, 3,200 miles in seven days in the middle of the pandemic. We didn't give a crap. Uh, no, I know. it. There were certain states you got. We went up into North Dakota. There's not a soul wearing a mask. They could have cared less. It's like moving on. It was no big deal. So, um, you know, it's like, oh, for if you would have another pandemic, you have to stay within your 15. But they've also proven those lockdowns didn't do crap. Why? If you look at China, look at when they finally opened up over there. I mean, everybody got sick. So, I mean, you didn't stop the virus. You just stopped, stopped the progression. Yeah. You just delayed it. Yeah. Delayed it. Exactly. everybody's got the shot. So what did the shot do? It made them super spreaders because it, it compromised their immune system. And the people I know get, getting COVID have all had the shot. <laughs> and they've had COVID multiple times. Yes, it's like, okay, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I was going through chemo with, with part of this, uh, this COVID thing. I think that's what killed it maybe. Cause I never got, I never got anything. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You're radiated. Yeah, that to death is what you did. Like I told you, it killed my uh, my toe fungus. I mean, my toenail fungus on my left foot. So I mean, there's some positives. <laughs> uh, we're up against another break again. It happened so fast. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the other other elephant in the room. We're going to talk about Silicon Valley Bank and uh, and how all that's kind of shaking out. So hang in there. We'll be right back. This is what happens when you mix opinionated old guys and microphones. Stay off my lawn. We'll be right back. All month long, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary at Friends and Family Furniture. Find top-rated products, beautiful style, and a great selection at unbeatable prices. Thousands of highly rated and reviewed pieces ready to ship now. And all month long, everyone gets our famous Friends and Family Furniture discount. That's fantastic. It's our 40th anniversary sale at Friends and Family Furniture. Open seven days a week or shop online at friendsandfamilyfurniture.com. All right, we're back. And, you know, <laughs> we were talking during the break and uh, it, we just kind of go off the rails a little bit. I, you know, I was listening to Joe Rogan. I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. You know, I, I hate to promote anybody else's podcast on our podcast, but um, he interviews some very, uh, very good people. And, and, you know, he was talking earlier. I think it was, oh, yeah, I, can't say, I don't know when it was. It was about eight days ago, I think is when the clip was from. But he was talking about Conan O'Brien and how he was in the crowd one day during one of their, their original shows. And that was quite a while ago, I guess. Um, but he said that everything between him and uh, Andy Richter was scripted. All the, all the banter back and forth and all that. That wasn't organic at all. And I thought... We don't have the time to script ours. This is just the way it works. Folks. We wouldn't stick to it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's kind of the, one of the keys why we've had so much good feedback uh, for uh, for us and just to toot our own horn a, a minute because we don't script anything. We truly, truly like each other. We text each other about every day. And um, so I think that's that's where the you know I think the organic feature of our our podcast is is uh, been speaking to people because it's just two guys talking about world events and and having a good having a good time instead of getting depressed over it. I have not put a gun on my mouth at all all this week. So. <laughs> 
I've had had opportunity, but no, I mean, you know, some of this, I guess you can get depressed over, but you know, we, we did, we do truly enjoy each other's company and we have a good time. So I think that, that, at feet, it comes through. Yeah, we, we, we're too lazy to script it all out. <laughs> does a great job of putting together a, at a, a quasi agenda that sometimes we stick to, sometimes we don't. We, we've, we've got the one story about uh, electric vehicles we may not get to. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen today. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're already in our third segment. Jeez. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Biden administration has uh, recently proposed a new budget of over $6 trillion, which is by far the uh, the most uh, that any any administration. Normally, the president doesn't put out a new budget, doesn't, doesn't even propose a new budget. That's Congress's job. Uh, but he, I think this is a political thing. He puts it out there and say, look what I was for, you know, and, you know, since he won't be able to remember a lot of this, I mean, at least people will write this down and he'll, <laughs> if he does decide to campaign, he'll have this in his quiver that, uh, that he can throw out there. But, you know, if, if, which is completely uh, unlikely, uh, if this budget that he put through or the, he has proposed goes through, uh, it will increase the national debt. For the next 10 years to over $51 trillion, which we're under 32 right now. Um, this is just from that one budget. This is not subsequent budgets. Just just this one that is so outrageous. You think we got inflation now? Wait a minute. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> hold my beer. Watch this, boys. <laughs> well, he had to, he had to get up early yesterday. He had to he had to talk about the he had to talk about the Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, play play that clip, please, sir. <laughs> it's important to note: President Biden does nothing at nine a.m. He is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at nine a.m. anyway speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there, conveying that to the American public. Now, that was Jen Psaki. I think she works for MSNBC or whoever now. But yeah, she was. He doesn't do anything before nine a.m. <laughs> oh, why would he? I mean, you know, he goes to bed at he, he you know, get doesn't do anything before nine and doesn't do anything after six. I think. So, I, I think that somebody had said that that he doesn't schedule anything after four thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know whether that was a joke, but it seems. Seems true to me, but I mean, you know, I guess when nine o'clock is pretty early when you got to get out of bed and, and fix your comb over and uh, put your depends on, there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, <laughs> Before he show up in public, they got to have somebody doing a lot of spackling to make him look like a being. And what is up with that right ear, that, that the right earlobe? Have you seen the pictures of that? I mean, it's like, what, what happened there? Well, now, if he had a facelift, they could tag, tack that back, and that's yeah. a possibility. Yeah. I will give them that, but not much more than that. That, that may be what happened. I don't know. Uh, what, From the budget and what it's causing? Well, yeah. I mean, what what has caused, well, you know, all this spending we've done since the beginning of COVID, which was partially Trump's fault, and, uh, and, and Biden kind of like ramped it up quite a bit since he took office, too, as far as printing up money and sending it to people and... You know, $600 isn't enough. Lindsey Graham was on board with this. Uh, there's a lot of Republicans who are on board with this. I blame all of them. I mean, this this was this was so botched. And uh, I don't think we've learned anything uh, from from doing it so wrong. 
Um, I don't think they learned anything either. No, I no. mean, it's caused the issues with the with the banks. Um, and uh, which do you want to do? The let's do the banks first before we get into. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to clip three. Um, we I had never heard of uh, Silicon Valley Bank previously, uh, but they were uh, they're one of the top twenty banks in the country, which surprised me. Um, but anyway, this is a comment from last Friday. Clip three. To go from the headlines yesterday to now, the bank officially failing. Anybody who lived through 2008 remembers that when you have a crisis of confidence, things can move pretty quickly here, and there's a process. So the FDIC is now bringing this into receivership, uh, as, and they've talked about it, as they sell assets of the bank, future dividend payments can be made to uninsured depositors. Remember, the FDIC covers accounts of $250,000. Beyond that, you have to be giving the FDIC a call at this point. But yes, the FDIC is taking the bank into receivership. This, guys, is one of the largest bank failures in history. Yep. Remember, it's one of the top 20 banks in the United States. At the end of December, it had more than $200 billion in assets. By comparison, uh, Washington Mutual was about $300 billion. So uh, just a little comparison there about what kind of a moment we are sitting in here. I don't know that, whether that's Maria Bartolomo or not, but I know she sounds over-caffeinated. <laughs> Somebody was so excited they almost needed their oxygen bottle with their, and then went, it's like, oh my God, I, are you, are your lungs functioning? Are you okay? She was just so excited. She had to get it. <laughs> she only oh. had a certain period of time to get all that out. Apparently uh, wow. it's like a 30 second commercial with 150 words in it. Let's blow this through. Oh <laughs> my gosh. But you know, she made some very good points. Washington mutual that failed back in 2008. They, uh, that was, that was the largest bank failure in American history. This is the second largest, um, yep. which, um, they did say initially that 93% of the, the deposits in this bank did not qualify for FDIC insurance. And since then, they've uh, they've made some adjustments to that. <laughs> well, but, uh, and the latest I heard on that was, and again, I've heard on it, what they're doing. They had <clears throat> $43 billion in deposits and not uh, a very small percentage of those were actually insured because if you look at your FDIC – I've never worried about it because I've never had that much money in the bank uh, that you're insured up to $250,000. Well, some of uh, these um, uh, startups and whatever that are right. in the South Valley, they're in the millions of dollars. And so $250,000 isn't even going to make a half of a payroll. It's just not going to work. So what they said they're going to do is because they had uh, 43 billion in deposits and 200 billion in assets is they're going to start selling off their assets and some of them are uh, stocks, bonds, all that stuff that haven't matured yet so they're not going to be worth as much but it will be enough to cover uh pretty much everybody's deposit that they had but it's going to be probably several months before this all gets done and the government's doing it so it ain't happening tomorrow people. <laughs> no. It's going to go belly up. So well, FDIC is going to cover everything, which uh, they've they've just decided to. <clears throat> now I don't know whether this was at the request of Biden or or whoever, but I mean they've decided that ninety three percent of the deposits were were just not good enough, and they were going to uh, cover everything. Which means that eventually everybody who works with the bank, uh, maybe not so much a credit union, but anybody who has a bank account with it is uh, under FDIC insurance, then we are going to we're going to pay a little bit higher premium, just like if you had a, a 
a city in South Florida that got hit by a hurricane that, uh, you know, Allstate was on the hook for a lot of that. And you have Allstate, you're going to pay a higher premium. It's just the kind of the way that works. And they'll, they'll package it up nicely. You know, they're going to say, well, it's uh, <laughs> got to have something to do with climate crisis or something. Uh, uh, yeah, um, we've got this. And uh, while Joe was talking about the uh, the bank deal. There was a reporter that asked him, well, with all the bank, with the bank failure, and we've actually had, I think two more, I know of at least one signature bank in, in New York is yeah. now under receivership as well. Uh, that, uh, with all this going on, uh, is he going to take responsibility for inflation? And he says, no, I inherited it. Wrong. <laughs> what he inherited was, uh, what did we look at? 1.2%. Yeah. I think it was 1.4. Yeah. 4% is what he inherited. And within a year, it was 8%. Yep. So, hmm, what changed in that year? Let me see. <laughs> well, we yeah. were talking last week about gas prices. He said the gas prices were $5 a I gallon. <laughs> it's like, no, they were. Oh, my they God. They were less than three. They were like, uh, the, the national average was what, like two and a half, 240, yeah. something like that? Something like that. And around here, it was $1.84. So, I mean, it was, it was when very I cheap. I drove a car across country. The cheapest gas we got in 2020, mind you, this is August of 2020 before it all went to crap, uh, was $1.73 in Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't tell me it was five, pal, because I paid for gas all the way across the United States. And the highest I got was, uh, it was just horrible in Idaho. We were at 230 when we got back home. So it's like, I'll take 230 any day over that crap we got now. Absolutely. I, you know, he, he's so used to telling these, uh, these corn pop stories. I think he just forgets what, <laughs> what, 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 what real, what, what truth is. He just doesn't, it's all blurred to him. <laughs> you know, corn, no, pop, corn pop stories. I like that. He was, he was a bad dude. You know, then I used to rub my, rub my hair down on my legs and kids used to like it. I like kids jumping in my lap. It, it, it's a, uh, it's scary. Oh, God, I got to remember that corn pop stories. Those are great. Yep, between corn pop stories and the cackle queen, it's quite an administration. Um, <laughs> Nonstop <let's>... comedy. <laughs> so he was going, no, I didn't. I inherited it. Well, this is where inflation comes from. This is from a gentleman. If you've not heard of him, look him up on uh, uh, YouTube. Milton Freeman is all over YouTube. He yeah. was... Uh, an award-winning uh, economist, and he knows his stuff, and he did not shy away from saying things because this was probably during Jimmy Carter's time. It was. Oh, I'll clip floor. Floor? How about if I... <laughs> See, I don't introduce this. We've lost, a... co we've lost control. It's over. <laughs> clip floor. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing else. That's just the facts, folks, <clears throat> some period. Things, some things never change. Uh, I've heard him say, the government doesn't make inflation. 
<laughs> yeah, yes, it does. It does. <laughs> yes, it does. We printed trillions of dollars since COVID started and uh, distributed it into the economy. And, uh, you know, and, and it sounds great. Another another thing, if you zoom out and look at that, it's like, man, that, that's a great idea. It's going to, you know, all it, all it has done is put us to where we are right now. And, and obviously, smart people like this, uh, he received the Nobel Prize. Uh, back yeah. in 1976. I mean, he, yeah. he, it's not, he's not some hack that works for, you know, H&R Block. I mean, he's, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, this is, this is a guy that knows. And, and if you want to see further uh, evidence of inflation, go look at uh, uh, Venezuela when uh, they got into power and stuff. Oh, they just printed more money. It takes like $2,000 to buy a hamburger now or 2000, whatever their uh, money is called down there it's it's worthless it's just a piece of paper with a number on it it doesn't mean anything because they just keep printing more of it yeah did you say zimbabwe is that what you were thinking Venezuela. Oh, Venezuela. Zimbabwe has the same thing. It's like, you know, to get a, a loaf of bread in Zimbabwe is like $15 million, whatever their local currency is. It's outrageous. And it's yeah. all because of this, the same kind yep. of thing. Yep. But we never learn anything, you know, how that no, goes. We, we got fun stuff coming up, so we'll we'll be in good shape. We're actually doing pretty good. I'm surprised. We are doing pretty good. And we do have a palate cleanser. We are coming up on the last one. Did, did you get that palate cleanser all, uh, all straightened out? Or I will have that loaded up during the break. And, uh, of course, before we do that, we have to hear <laughs> Uncle Chill's wisdom of the Yeah. Hang in there for that. This is, it's a good one. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Nine out of 10 people who listen to stay off my lawn have this to say. Well, that's an hour. I'll never get back. We'll take that as a compliment. The Stay Off My Lawn show and podcast continues next. Americans for the Arts is shining a light on how creative expression and opportunities can shape communities and foster leadership and confidence. And it is our mission to gather support and resources for those individuals waiting behind the curtain for their chance to shine. Find out how your business can play a part at americansforthearts.org. Welcome back to our last segment. Everybody cheers. The the crowd goes wild. Um, <laughs> I do. My bladder and the coffee are hollering really loud. <laughs> uh, this this is our uh, our Uncle Joe's clip of the week. Uh, he just recently gave us this revelation that I was not aware of. That's clip five. It's Uncle Joe's wisdom of the week. And I had uh, these terrible headaches. Was diagnosed with having a. a uh, anyway. They had to take the top of my head off a couple times. See if I had a brain. <laughs> See if you had a brain. Uh, the, when the doc, when asked what the doctor said later, Biden replied, "I can't see what I'm doing. I'm too busy laughing." <laughs> to see if he had a brain. Yep, there was nothing there. What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's actually what the doctor said, but you know, <laughs> if he didn't, he should have. Oh, well. I can't. Somebody they actually take the top of your head off to see if you have a brain. I mean, it seems like they have an MRI machine now that does that kind of thing. But uh, you know, was his doctor a member of the Three Stooges? It, it might. It might have been Corn Pop. We don't know what happened with. <laughs> he was a bad dude. Let me tell you. Nothing in here but dust. <laughs> dust. And it, and it smells like mold. Um, 
You know, I've always thought his breath would smell like formaldehyde for some reason. I've always said that. It's like if you've ever met Joe Biden, you'd get that whiff of formaldehyde. I don't know why. Oh, I probably should have saved a clip I saw. <laughs> but it was an actual honest-to-God clip of uh, George Soros was looking at some stuff, and he was at some forum somewhere in front of a microphone. He's looking at things, and all you're hearing is, well, I... Uh, so now we know who writes. Yeah, it's Steve behind the glass. <laughs> it's like, what did he even say? Mumbled two words I could understand. The rest of it was like, just, well, uh, uh, I, uh, does he not sound like a, a, a villain from Boris and Natasha? I mean, he's, and now these things we have to implement. Molson squirrel, bad people. We're going to go get them at the railroad tracks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we laugh way too too much in this show. <laughs> uh, we, we laugh at things that probably will end up being the death of us, but what the heck? <laughs> uh, we short not to laugh, people. <laughs> yeah, life is too short, absolutely. Uh, we do have a good palate cleanser for the end of the show. Uh, something, some good news. There are still still some good people out there. One of them is Chelsea Brown. Now, who Chelsea Brown is? She is a, a flea market diva. Uh, she she trawls flea markets and thrift shops for interesting items, but not for decorations or collections. She's an amateur genealogist. She enjoys tracking down owners of descendants of the own or and or the descendants of the owners and reuniting them with their lost heirlooms. Um, the Manhattan interior designer claims to have returned more than 500 objects to their owners, and she does it all for free. Um, when asked about it, she says, I love the thrill of the chase. I live close to, or I love to close out mysteries, and it's insane things that I've found. All of the, uh, all of the Holocaust items I've been able to return have been extremely special. Uh, when she finds a telling clue on an object, she seeks out the demographic information in city census records and other sources and brings up marriage certificates and other distinguishing legal documents. Uh, then she's able to track people down. And, um, and whatever she's trying to return, though she admits most people, when she uh, contacts them, thinks it's a scam, which I probably would be, be in that category. I'd probably hang up on her. Um uh, like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're doing this for free? Come on. Come on. You got to be a Nigerian princess or something. Um, <laughs> corn pop. What? My something. money's coming any day. I know it is. <laughs> anyway, she's uh, she's done some really good things and she doesn't take any money for it. And I think that's that's just wonderful. Uh, this was all found on the goodnewsnetwork.org. Uh, you go on there if you're you're kind of depressed about uh, the way the, the human beings are. If you go on there, you can find some uh, some actual good news stories, which you're not going to find on on uh, on uh, the national news or even your local news. Chances are, so yeah, and you get all these people that say, "Oh, it's just a scam," and it's like, "Oh, why would she do anything? Why would somebody do something for free in this day and age? It's all about gear. Gotta get the bucks." Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. Not everybody's made like that. I mean, it, you're doing uh, you're doing a play. It, tell people about the play real quick. Oh, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. um, I'm in a, a group that I get called on occasion. I know when I first got into the thing in in 2019, the director had directed me uh, in a Christmas story, and she wanted to know, "Are you still acting?" <laughs> well, you're either an actor or you're not. So. Um, <laughs> 
don't give it up. I've been in over 40 plus stage productions. So uh, these are a lot of fun. There's only ever no more than five people in the cast. If there's 12 characters, there's five people in the cast. One show, I was five different characters. <laughs> so you're going back and putting a different coat on and that. And it's just, you know, magic of theater. As we walk, we have a little tiny, small set that's uh a scrim of a sort that uh, you would hide behind to change clothes, if you were, that you see in the old uh, movies and such. And then we hang a thing on the front of it, and a table goes in the front with some chairs, and ta-da, we have a set. <laughs> That's what it amounts it to. It works. What the, what the lady does, which I think is just a wonderful idea, she takes old radio shows from the 30s and 40s, and then she will make turn those into, we do a live stage presentation, like it's a one act play, if you will. And then she will add music to it that the different actors sing. And yes, I have to sing in this next one. <laughs> Sorry for the seniors, but I sing in, the, in, the, in this next one. Um, and so the music kind of trips their memories and, and stuff from the era. And it is so rewarding. And people go, why would you do that? We get a little bit per show, and when I say a little, it's not even enough gas money to get to, to the <laughs> drive. To, but we're going to be doing it to 14 different senior centers. These poor people have been sequestered for yeah. pushing three years, some of them, and we're still not quite up to doing it the way we did in 2019, where if anybody wants to go to a show at any of the seniors places, they just invited people to come. It was no big deal. And we can't still can't do that yet. Some it's okay. Some not. So, mm. um, but it's uh, <laughs> this one we're doing is Blondie and Dagwood from 1944. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That was my favorite car, uh, cartoon strip growing up. Yeah. And I'm not Dagwood. I'm others. <laughs> I'm stood, come into my office. What do you know about this comic greeting card? And that's that's how Mr. Dithers sounds. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so we're we're having fun. I know it's going to be a good show because we are we only have 10 rehearsals. That's it, people. You learn your lines, do it, and we got two more left, and Saturday is opening day. We do two shows on Saturday, most Saturdays for the next month. Uh oh we will gosh one in the morning and do it at 11. We got to be there by 1030. We do it at 11. We're done by noon, pack it all up. We go have lunch and we do the next one at two. So we got to be there by 130 to unpack it all again and set it up. And so uh, it's just a lot of fun and it's so rewarding. Uh, my favorite story is one that we did when I first started. Um, it was called Inner Sanctum Mysteries, The Voice on the Wire. Kids go, what's a phone with a wire? <laughs> <laughs> yes, kids, it was before the cell phone. <laughs> but uh, there was a gentleman at one show, and because they're, I mean, they are literally in front of you. I've had to step over feet. We're sometimes that close oh, to wow. where they're in the little places. There isn't a lot of room. And this one gentleman just kept, I, I would notice him, and he's watching. He's paying attention rather intently, but there's no smiles. There's no frowns. There's no, Oh, hmm. it's, it's just kind of a blank stare. And I went, well, you know, at least he's staying there and he's awake and he's paying attention. So at that time we could go and talk to everybody that was there and how, hope you enjoyed the show. And we like to shake a hand and thank them for coming to, to see what we're doing. Our, our audiences will range anywhere from maybe only seven or eight come to upwards of 25. We don't know how many is going to show up. 
Uh, but this gentleman, I said, well, I hope you enjoyed the show. All of a sudden, his face lit up. He starts telling me about, oh, this was my favorite show when I was in Germany on guard duty. Uh, he said, this is what I would listen to as Inner Sanctum Mysteries. And <laughs> from World War II, it's wow. just all of a sudden, I mean, he just was beaming. Wow, I got to see this. So That's so cool. <clears throat> you know... Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. I know we used to, uh, even the four years I was in the military, we, you know, Paul Harvey was still huge. And we would, at 12 o'clock, we would all kind of, if we could, we'd stop what we did and we'd all gather, it feels like this was the 50s or whatever, but we would gather around a radio and, you know, this is 1984 or whatever, but we'd gather around a radio, listen to Paul Harvey with his, what ended up being four minutes or whatever. He would, uh, and now? Yeah. Uh, Noontime was his long one. It was yeah. from to a quarter after. Okay. Used to 15 minutes. Three commercials. Oh, yeah. No, I listened to him religiously yeah. from when I was in high school. It's a long damn time ago in the 70s. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I know. And then toward the end, it became because he got more money, there had to be four commercials. Uh, yeah, but okay. yeah, no, I, I, he was my lunchtime buddy on the route. I would be pissed if I couldn't get a stop done before noon so that I could get another stop and do some things in the truck. Uh, before I went to the next place, just so I could, I had my 15 minutes of listening to him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's, it was, it was just so, it, he, he just, he had a way of delivery. Page two, you know, and he just had that whole, uh, he was, if you don't know who Paul Harvey is, you need to look him up. I'm sure he's on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure they put the, some, some of these things oh, on YouTube. There. Yeah. There is. My favorite thing of his is, uh, so God uh, invented a farmer. Yes. God made a my favorite. Yeah. Describes my grandpa to a T. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, he had the, he understood what it was to be a Midwesterner and, and, and the farming community. I mean, he just, he understood what the common man would go through in this country as opposed to the, uh, the East coast and West coast pundits that, that think they know everything. Uh, but he was, uh, he was fantastic. I, I, I miss him to this day. There's a lot of radio personalities that I, I, I do miss, but he's, he's definitely at the top. Um, but anyway, yeah, look him up. It, it would, it would be great to kind of, I'm going to do that. I think if I get a chance this afternoon and, and kind of listen to a few of those old shows, I miss him a lot. Um, yep. But I fell in love with radio a long time ago. So, I mean, radio to me is just, that's part of, it's like chopping off my leg if I said I couldn't have radio anymore. So, uh, but anyway, we, we have really enjoyed, uh, having you along with us. And I guess that would be about the end. We're, we are way out of time. Um, I just got one more thing today is folks don't forget that. And I didn't realize this. I can't believe it's bank collapse season already. <laughs> I mean, I still had my train train derailment decorations up. So be sure you get those decorations changed. The, the, these these seasons come along awful quick, so I don't know. If the, we had COVID decorations. Seems like just yesterday. Uh, I know. <laughs> and and today today is uh, March fourteenth. It is Pi Day, National Pi Day. So go go get yourself. Did we talk about that earlier? Did we was that off the air? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I talked about yet. Yeah, still no. It's Pi three point one four people. And uh, if you're not a fan of pie pies, well, nothing wrong with a pizza pie. Yeah. See, I mean, everybody likes pizza. It's universal. Uh, but yeah, if you don't like three point one four, it's twenty two seventh day. How's that? I, I still remember that from high school. Um, 
<laughs> more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We are so glad you uh, you you hung along with us this whole stinking hour. Uh, we we did have a lot of fun. Remember, you can contact us through our website, stayoffmylawn.us. The email is soml at duck.com. And leave us a message at 770-727-6443. If you missed any of that stuff, it's on the website. So um, uh, appreciate it. And we will see you next week. That's all, folks. Yes, it is. Well, we had fun and hope you did, too. The opinions heard here today are not those of anyone other than Mike and Richard. If it made you laugh or go, hmm, or even, huh, then we've done our job. Sort of. Mostly, anyway. And if we made you think about things in a common sense manner, we welcome you to the club. And if it didn't, then just stay off my lawn. See you next time.